there, friends. This is Brent Houston from Microsoft Inc. and the StateofSecurity.com podcast. I am outside, and it's about 85 degrees. The sun is shining, and I am looking out over a valley in the Hocking Hills region of uh, Ohio. And uh, this month's podcast is really special. Uh, I got to spend just about 45 minutes or so with Josh Anderson. Now, Josh is a good friend of mine. We have been friends for about 15 years. We've worked together in the industrial control space and in information security. We've worked on different projects together. But uh, this interview is very special for me because we really talk about what got him into industrial control system security uh, his background and, and some of the advice that he has uh, to give folks who are just starting out in InfoSec or who are thinking about switching from IT security over to industrial control or SCADA security. So this is a really great and fascinating episode. Uh, I do have a little microphone issue for about the first 90 seconds. It does go away. Uh, as I talk a little bit more, I get that figured out. And it's getting better and better, so I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, just really some fantastic stuff in here, so uh, give it a listen. I'm proud to have Josh on the show, and uh, I think you'll benefit from his insight and wisdom. All of a sudden, sorry about that, all of a sudden there's a bunch of uh, those biting flies uh, that just came by, but I think I'm better now. So, beautiful day. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're somewhere relaxed when you listen to this, and... Uh, really able to absorb some of, the, some of the knowledge that Josh has to offer. So we really look forward to it. Special shout out in this one to uh, Kent King. Kent King is a uh, uh, great information security person and a fantastic human being. And we both have, both Josh and I have had the pleasure to uh, call him a mentor over the years. And uh, I think you'll hear some of the good stuff uh, that he's had to share with us. If you get to spend time with him, please Please do so. All right. Well, uh, this episode is brought to you by Microsoft Inc. And uh, in this month in particular, we've launched a new service, uh, Network Asset uh, Discovery and Network Mapping that's completely passive, requires no installation of any software or hardware on your side, uh, and lets us really uh, analyze the configuration of devices in a holistic way in order to do asset discovery and to provide uh, maps of a network. You can do it in industrial control system environments, utilities, typical IT networks, uh, very, very popular service among our mergers and acquisitions clients. They sort of can stop asking the admins what the network looks like and start getting down to the machine truth uh, that's our new trademark, Machine Truth. And you can learn more about this. It's not quite uh, up on the Microsolved.com website yet. Uh, maybe it will be by the time uh, you read this. But you should be able to find a microsite, a super secret squirrel hidden microsite that describes the new service and some of the offerings and tells you about how to get it. You can check that out at MachineTruth.net. That's again, Machine Truth. Net. Check it out there, and don't let anyone outside of our super secret squirrel circle of trust know about it. It's only for our readers and our listeners on stateofsecurity.com. All right, without further ado, here 
comes Josh Anderson in a fantastic interview. Stay safe out there until next time, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Talk to you soon. See ya. Hey there, security peeps. It's Brent Houston again, and man, today is a sunny, gorgeous day in Ohio. The the breeze is blowing. It's about 80 degrees, and I, of course, am inside, and I'm sitting here in the studio, And across from me on the Skype monitor is a completely non-caffeinated Josh Anderson. Josh, I've, uh, what, known you now for almost 15 years. But the folks on the other side, they may not know you very well. Why don't you give them a little insight uh, into your history and what you do for fun? Oh, boy. Well, uh, history. uh, Hello, everyone. I guess I should start there. Uh, history, I've, I've been working in uh, the uh, IT and the security space for about 15 or 16 years, uh, kind of bridged into into security a little bit accidentally. But um, it, uh, you know, really been focused in the utility industry for about the last uh, 14 of those years. Uh, spent a little time on the managed services side, um, you know, doing a variety of security work and uh, getting secure. Before that, getting security started uh, at a couple of uh, smaller places. So that's that's kind of my brief Brief history, I guess. <laughs> and if you listened to the last episode, folks, you uh, know that we did that one local with the snowball, and that seemed to work. We have been working with Audio Hijack Pro pretty heavily, and these guys keep working through the Skype issue, but as you can hear, it's still going on a little bit. So we're trying to work around that. Thanks for your patience. So Josh, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I always love to hang out with you. And uh, with all the stuff that's going on in the last little bit around ICS, tell me a little bit about ICS's security as a career path. Um, you know, what what's out there? What's keeping folks engaged in ICS? Well, it's a great question. And, and really, I think you, you find uh, a lot of people trying to answer that question. Uh, I think a lot of the answers are very specific to the organization or the the type of business that you work in, as, as well as the type of people you have in those organizations. But um, I think over the last few years, we've seen a lot of awareness toward the just visibility of, of uh, the vulnerabilities and control systems, the, the way that they're architected, the way they're built, um, you know, the way the frequency with which they're patched or maintained, uh, just a lot of attention toward it. Um, I go back uh, probably about 10 years, uh, someone had a t-shirt on that said, all your SCADA are belong to us kind of a, a throwback to uh, both the video game and, and uh, the relevance to control systems. And, and um, I think that was one thing that, um, you know, it, it was a, an awareness for me that security people knew about SCADA, um, you know, coming into a utility and, and uh, the security space. I didn't know if, if those two, uh, two worlds merged, but, you know, within the last probably five or six years, you've, you've seen um, companies and, and researchers uh, bring the, those, those topics to the forefront and uh, a lot more attention to, uh, you know, some of the risks going on in that space. I, I think there's been a lot of uh, improvements in technology that uh, practitioners in the ICS and the security space can, can use to, uh, to stay abreast of those as well. Now, a lot of our listeners are traditional IT folk, and so they uh, maybe in you know, familiar with web server technologies and other stuff like that. They may not know exactly what we're talking about with this ICS and SCADA stuff. So let's define that real quick for them. 
there's an ongoing battle about whether something's in an industrial control system or a SCADA. Uh, why don't you run those down for us? Sure, sure. And, and I think that nomenclature is, is really important to, you know, to work out with just even the people you work with and, and be sure. I know in, in some companies you could say SCADA and that might not pertain to all of your ICS equipment. Um, pro programmable logic controllers, PLCs, uh, remote terminal units, RTUs, uh, some of the uh, you know, Windows-based software potentially that uh, helps you manage and maintain those all kind of fall into that R RTS uh, real-time systems. Uh, SCADA, um, supervisory control and data acquisition, uh, and uh, ICS industrial control systems. Uh, you got to get your vernacular right, you know, within your your company, and and be sure that you're all uh, when you use those terms that you're talking about the same things. But but as a whole, it, it uh, really pertains to all those technologies. Um, it's probably a, a broad generalization, but um, they're they're typically it's it's the technology that helps you control something at the other end. It could be water, it could be a traffic light, it could be the gas pipeline, it could be uh, really anything like that that you want to measure or control. So these things are everywhere. They're all throughout our lives and everything from when I'm driving down the street, uh, just everything, everything about pumping gas, about natural gas, about water, electricity, safety systems, right? So if I'm an IT guy and, and particularly an IT security person, and I'm like, man, I don't know anything about this industrial control stuff or this SCADA stuff. What does it even matter to me? You're saying these are so ubiquitous that I need to be paying attention to them because they're a part of my life too? Yeah, even if you don't know they're out there or part of your network or, or part of uh, you know, a system that you use outside of work, uh, they're there and uh, the traffic's probably there. And uh, you know, understanding uh, what that exposure is, is is very critical to having a sound security program. Now, this is sort of interesting, too, because there's a big problem going on in industrial control space right now, this problem of gray out. And, and can you talk about that? I mean, let's define what gray out means for some of these younger folks that are uh, maybe IT security people or just new to ICS and SCADA. I, I know that, uh, you know, we've been talking about that for quite some time, but uh, give us some insight. What does gray out mean and um, what are some of the impacts? Yeah, I mean, to me, gray out, um, you know, means dealing with the same problems every day and, and frankly, getting bored with it, not making headway. Um, you know, when you look at some of the traditional functions that a security program provides, it's easy to see how that could happen. Um, you know, you've got uh, external attacks coming in every day. You've got, um, you know, the, the nonsense uh, phishing email trying to come in. And when you tend to those problems each and every day in and out, um, you know, you build a skill set to get better at it, but you don't necessarily, um, you know, you don't necessarily enrich your mind at all. You're, you're kind of performing the same functions every day. And so, you know, to me, gray out or, or, or eliminating gray out is staying fresh with the industry. It's staying, you know, fresh and relevant with your business and, and you know, what, what role you play within the business and, and your own life, having some activities outside of work to, to keep your perspective fresh in terms of, uh, the security work that you do and, and the function that you provide. Um, and I think for me, um, getting involved with your business and understanding the, the core function of your business is extremely important. That's getting in and working with your business units. And then you start to see that, you know, you're not just dealing with a million packets a day or a couple of uh, nuisance emails. You're, you're really helping the business run and, and helping sustain things. And um, that's really the goal of, I think, any security program is, is to, uh, you know, be there to, uh, to uh, keep keep things available and, and you know keep things up and running and 
And um, as soon as you do that, I, I think it gives you some, uh, some fresh perspective and it gives you the perspective of all your peers and your business. That has to help with gray out. Um, it has, has certainly for me. It certainly mm. does feel like the, the more you work in this space, the, the sort of grayer and fuzzier everything becomes. Um, but I know, too, there's, there's this large movement of industrial control engineers and, and OT folks where, uh, you know, these systems were designed and built by folks 20, 25 years ago who are starting to edge near retirement. Uh, and, and they're not, uh, colleges and such are not really making new industrial control system folk. It's, it's certainly not a part of most, uh, traditional IT security programs and colleges around the country. So there is this sort of movement of older folks out of the space that are making career opportunities for younger folks. Um, and, and I think that's just a fantastic thing to, to, uh, see, and if I were sitting at, at, at that early stage of my IT security career looking like, okay, how do I want to do this for the next 15, 20 years? Man, industrial control seems like a pretty good area to work in, seems stable. There's you know a decent career path there all the way from being a deep technician, uh, maybe even to the boardroom. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what does industrial control security or, you know, SCADA security bring as a career path if you're a young person now? Well, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. There's, there's a, a very broad market for it. I think there's a lot of people looking um, for both that ICS skill set and the security skill set. Um, one interesting thing that I have seen is, is the ICS community or the folks that, um, you know, are the engineers in the field. I think they're doing a very good job of, of pulling folks in. Um, you know, finding people coming out of universities with engineering backgrounds, wanting to, uh, you know, get into the space, but um, they might not necessarily have a, sec a security skill set. And uh, to the same point, we see, um, you know, a good bit of, uh, you know, influx of people well-educated in information security, but not necessarily with that ICS background. And so finding a way to get that, that cross exposure is, is really what's, um, what's critical. Um, there are a lot of, uh, you know, third-party consultants, uh, research companies that, that are, are kind of merging the two and, and helping provide a lot of resources in that space. But, um, you know, not really a, a, a clear um, path as to how to do that. I give SANS a lot of credit, though, for um, really putting together one of the first programs to, to merge and test for the, the knowledge across those. And, and I think they did a good job of, in some of their um, ICS-related uh, training, did a great job of, of um, making sure there's a basic skill set there and, and helping folks, you know, know what to, what to study toward. And it's certainly not, um, you know, the, what you would need to know at the end of your career, but it's a great place to get started. And it's a great way to certify that you kind of know the, the basic elements of, of both of those practices. Uh, I yeah, know that's the, fantastic. That for the listeners, that's sans.org, S-A-N-S dot O-R-G, sans.org. And they've been doing a lot of IT security stuff and meshing that up with uh, industrial control space and, and industrial control systems uh, and bringing a, a lot of decent courseware and knowledge out there. One of the things I think that young people, I hear from them quite a bit, young InfoSec folks about ICS and SCADA is it just seems so different to them from the outside. They're not sure that their skills transfer and, and they get confused in some of that. And I always like to point out to them that a lot of these things are just embedded systems that in, in a lot of cases 
they're embedded Linux, they're running, you know, uh, modified versions of Android, there's tools out there running on Windows. Uh, there's sort of this mesh of IT, you know, technologies into industrial control. So if, if you're sitting, uh, if you're a listener and you're sitting there wondering, uh, gosh, is, is this something that I can bring my skills over to? Uh, I do think there's a high degree of transference. I think a lot of the principles are the same. A lot of the technologies are the same. And, and I would urge younger folks to, to think that, you know, 80 to 90 percent of their IT security skills will directly transfer. What's your feeling on that, Josh? Is that am I too high or is that, you know, really rational? No, no, I, I completely agree. And, and once you start to look at, you know, just simple things, um, you know, what protocols do ICS systems use and, and what ports they like to talk on and, and could they be, you know, hardened to talk on a few less ports? So many of the, the very basic principles that you learn in InfoSec will directly help you translate, tune, configure, and set up control systems. So, you know, at the earliest stage of deploying them to, to coming back and, you know, trying to secure them and, and lock down that traffic later on, it's, it's all very relevant. Another point I would make is we found the, the, some of the greatest uh, wealth of knowledge is really in the folks that run the ICS systems today. And, um, you know, and the people that I've worked with, if, if you present them with some very basic security concepts and tools, they already understand them. They just don't, you know, they just may not call them the same thing. And, and um, you know, they're, they're going to be your best ally. And, and you probably have a security person who just is working in the industry. Um, they, they think like a security person and they act like a security person. They're going to make every decision you would, but, but uh, they just don't have that, that job title. Um, one, you know, very specific example of that is uh, we wanted to, um, in, a, in a utility environment, wanted to deploy some firewalls and really didn't know what the best way to go in and, and edit a, a rule base and, and, you know, get the logic set up. And, and one of the engineers said, I'll, I'll do it. Just show me what to do. And uh, was very quickly able to identify the systems involved and, and who should be talking to what and, and um, you know, what that traffic should look like, what amount was normal and set up a, a very uh, use, usable rule set and uh, give us, you know, really what, what we should be running from on day one, just from his own institutional knowledge. And, you know, when you take that kind of um, exposure to the control system environment that someone else may not know and, and um, you know, put it in front of somebody that sees it, lives it and breathes it every day, um, and, and you give them some basic alerts and, and some know, set up some thresholds as far as, um, you know, what alerting, you know, would look like, they're going to be your, your best and most talented security person, even though they, they aren't necessarily on your security team. That's a great point. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, IT and ICS security people, they focus so deeply on the technical skills. Uh, and in many cases, those are the skills that are the easiest to acquire. Um, you can, you can build protocol knowledge, you can, uh, come to understand the deep nuances of IP or operating systems or embedded systems or PLC logic. But I think uh, what separates a really good uh, InfoSec person from a great one is really more the soft skills. And uh, I'm going to hand it to you here, Josh. Like I said, I've known you a long time now, a decade and a half. And this is something that you are a master of. I mean, you've spent almost uh, a good portion of your life mastering some of these softer skills. Let's talk about that for a minute, because that's really what will get you from being a technician to getting to the boardroom. Um, what are some of those softer skills that, they, that, that folks should focus on? 
Well, you know, I always like to joke that um, I, I got into information security so so I didn't have to talk to people or, or work with people. And, and um, I, I knew that wasn't true a long time ago, but um, every year I've spent in InfoSec, that's become less true. And, and um, I think the ability to communicate is, is absolutely the, the number one skill that, that you have to have. And, and whether that's in writing, whether it's walking up to somebody and, you know, being able to shake their hand, sit down and explain a, a security problem. Or you know, just to to represent the security function as as a you know an internal consultant in a business and say, hey, as we think about you know this project and how um, how we're going to attack it, let's make sure security is part of our approach. Uh, for all those you know, in all those areas, communication is absolutely the number one. Um, you have to be able to to build a slide deck and and present um, some some very common um, in and uh, basic approaches to security. It can't be complex. It, it needs to be broken down into um, a very straightforward and, and easily consumable uh, perspective of, of why you should or, or shouldn't do something. And, and I think, you know, if, if there were one thing you were going to invest your time in and, and, and um, that, that communication would have to be have to be at the top of the list. Um, I think, you know, the other is kind of understanding your business, understanding what drives it. Um, it's very easy to come into, uh, you know, an information security group, um, you know, run a firewall, run an IDS, um, do log analysis, identity and access administration, and not understand your core business. But, you know, if you get in and, and really, you know, get a sense of the business, get a sense of, you know, look, look at your balance sheets. Maybe you don't understand exactly what they mean or exactly how they pertain to you. It, it at least makes you aware of, of, you know, why decisions are made or when something happens in a company, why it's a big deal. Um, maybe it's as simple as knowing that, hey, most of our revenue comes from, from this part of the company. So it's a big deal if they're down for an hour or it's a big deal if they're down for a day. Um, and, and kind of back to that communication piece, having the, those real conversations with the people in those roles and being able to sit down and, and um, you know, talk about, um, you know, what is an outage or, or what does um, the lack of availability of something mean to you? Um, you know, how long, you know, could you sustain not being able to get to this web application? I, I think it, um, you know, being able to have that rapport with someone, um, it, it helps you focus your efforts uh, from a security perspective as well. Yeah, and I, I think you hit on a great, uh, a great piece there. I mean, I think when I had Bill Semph on the show, uh, you know, I asked him about some of the softer skills and, and one of his key points was it's high time for security folks to learn the language of the business and, and to uh, learn to speak to them in their own context and in their own jargon and drop a lot of the technical stuff. Even when you're talking to somebody as developers, uh, you know, as, as, as technically capable as developers. And I thought that was a great point that Bill brought up. And uh, you know, I had Helen Patton on the show. Uh, she's the CISO of uh, Ohio State University. I'm sorry, the Ohio State University. You have to put that little V in there. And, uh, you know, her response was also fabulous that a similar question. She said she would gift security people with one thing, and that was patience. Um, and that patience would get you to the boardroom uh, instead of uh, acting like everything's on fire all the time and we have to do it right now. Uh, kind of thing. And, and I think um, both of those, in addition to your communication uh, baseline, it's just fantastic. How, how patient, how, how big a role do you think patience and, and speaking to the business in their own terms, you know, plays in, in the career path of, of industrial control system security? 
Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and and truthfully, I, I think it comes it comes back to one of the things I said is is kind of know your business. Um, there's times where it's appropriate to be patient, and and um, you know there may be something going on in the company that, believe it or not, is is more important than a security incident. But you also have to you know have the fortitude to say that you know maybe that that security incident that everyone doesn't understand is more important than the issue that that everyone is is dealing with, and. And so I think patience is, um, you know, it's it has to be adapted and it has to be understood. And, and really, I think it's up to whomever is is entrusted with the security program at a given company to, to make that call. You, you, you certainly need to be patient, but there are times where it's very important to be as patient as you can be. If the business can't sustain your patience anymore and, and that issue that, um, you know, you're being patient about requires you to bang on some pots and pans and, and create some awareness, you have to go about it in in a very um, in a very straightforward way. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt are, are no no way to communicate a, a security problem. Um, you should be able to to translate it, uh, as Bill said, in, into the business's terms and, and relay it that way. But you certainly don't um, you don't want to be quiet when an issue could easily um, surpass you know some something else going on in, in terms of urgency. You never want to. You want everyone to be aware of a security problem, uh, and at least make that determination. So, so I think patience is very appropriate. But there, you have to know your business well enough to to know when not to be patient as well. Now, Josh, you and I go. You know, we go back uh, a similar path. I know we've even shared uh, a mentor along the way in uh, in one Kent King. But uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I, I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, looking back across your career in in ICS security, what's the single most important piece of advice that you've ever gotten about ICS security or about your career? Uh, great question, great question, and and uh, appreciate your reference to Kent because I'm I'll, I'll, I don't know if I was going to call him out as being the guy that specifically gave me this advice, but. Um, I won't quote Kent because it's never fair to quote someone. Um, maybe you can have him on the show to, to uh, speak to it. But um, his very simple advice to me was, you know, it was centered around ethics and, and about knowing when to be quiet, as we just talked about, you know, knowing when to bang the pot and pan. And, and Kent's advice, and, and I think he's given this to most security folks that he's worked with along the way, was, you know, know come, come into work basically every day knowing that it could be your last day because you need to be that sound to your ethics and you need to be that sound to your principles. You need to know what you believe in and, and what you uphold. And, and you know, at no point can anything bend that and, and at no point should you ever compromise that. And, um, you know, so, so I think Kent's approach to security that, that he relayed to me was really, you know, know what you believe in, know what you, what you work for and, and don't let anybody or any organization change that. Um, you know, and stay true to it. And, and I think as a result, um, you know, as, as big problems have presented themselves to me and, and you know, as I prepared for on the day before, you know, I kind of know what a, a right path and what a wrong path would be for, for how I'm going to deal with that. Maybe it's an incident, maybe it's an ethics type of a question, but um, I think it's very sound career advice. And, and um, I think as a person, it helps you feel very comfortable with what you do all day it helps you go home at night, you know, eat dinner and, and go to bed, knowing that, that you've kind of walked that line of, of following exactly what you believe in, um, that you've upheld the company's, um, you know, policies and, and, and you've upheld the board's policies and procedures and, and uh, you've held true to your own ethics. Um, so, so no one to walk away. 
um, I think. And and again, I would encourage I would encourage you to have Kent on the show to to give uh, to give his 2015 version of that because that was a long time ago. I'd love to have Kent on, but I'm afraid of what he would say. <laughs> he uh, he saved me uh, a number of times in my career, and uh, I'll I'll just share a short story here, and I, I won't quote him either. I'll give you the gist of it, but. Uh, when I when I turned 40, I was having some real uh, questions about, you know, what I wanted to do in InfoSec and, and what I was going to do with my career long term. And um, and I came to him and I, and I said, you know, hey, uh, I just need some insight because I really thought when I started this, we would solve the, you know, the crime and, and InfoSec problems. And, and um, I thought by now we would be making headway. And I really at that time felt like we weren't. And, uh, you know, Ken's advice, he sat down and took time with me and, and um, you know, listened to my concerns. And we talked about history and, and we talked about how crime had been around forever and, and no one had solved it. And basically the gist of his advice was, you know, you do what you can and you let Jack Daniels take care of the rest. And, um, and by Jack Daniels, I mean the bottle Jack Daniels, not the guy with the long beard, although I suppose they both can handle some of the crime. But uh uh, that was his advice, and and it really helped. Um, it, it really uh, put me in a new space to understand that I was playing a longer term game, and, and that I needed to um, I needed to have a have and hold a longer vision, and that came from Kent King, and and um, he's just he's a delightful human, and and if you get to spend time with him, uh, if you're a, a young industrial control system security person or IT security person. And you're you get any chance at all to spend time with the likes of Kent King, uh, it's it's very 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 worth it. Um, so uh, along those same lines, I mean we're both um, along further in our career. We've both been doing this a long time, you and I, Josh. But if if you could go back and like leave a note, one note for your younger self, you know, when you were in your in your earlier security career, what would you tell yourself? What a question. What a question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't even know if, if the note I would write myself today is the note I would write myself tomorrow. Um, it's, it's that the, the landscape changes that much, but, I, but I think, um, you know, as, as I kind of, I've thought about this one before and I, I think there was a big tendency to, you know, do, do security, if you will, in, in a back room and, and, um, you know, it was it was kind of part of the um, the unseen operations of an organization. Um, I think if we had gotten started with the visibility piece and and you know the communications piece a long time ago, really come up with some useful metrics, some way to drive business decisions based on security. Um, I think if there'd been an interest in um, you know just infosec and and the metrics and the um, just the general state of security each day. Um, you know, are, are we green today? Are we yellow today? Kind of a thing. If if we had been able to do that, communicate it clearly a few years ago, I don't think some of the infosec problems that we've dealt with in the last few years would have gotten to be as as large as they were. And I think we would have been able to address them a little more easily in the corporate sense. Um, you know, maybe that's as simple as just the, the 2014 year of, of, you know, major vulnerabilities and major patching. But, um, you know, if, if we'd been able to get that out there and, and not be a back office type operation in, you know, probably say 2005 to, to 2010, 
if if we'd been able to get that communication piece out there a little earlier, I, I think we'd be in a better place today. Um, so so that's kind of that, that'd be my note to myself is communicate often, communicate early. Um, there's cert- obviously certain things that still require discretion and infosec and having some good balance around you know knowing what those are and communicating them as early and clearly as you can. Um, I think that's the note I'd leave to myself. Yeah, and, and I like your answer a lot better than John Davis's. I asked him, uh, and I uh, after our last podcast, and uh, he said I would tell myself to buy and hold Apple stock before Steve Jobs joins again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I thought that was a pretty good and original answer, but I, I'm not sure it was useful for our uh, for our listeners. I, I think if I had to do that, I would go back and um, and try and, and try to tell myself. Uh, to really start talking uh, to board level people about security uh, more quickly and uh, accelerate the fact that you have to um, you have to look at this as a holistic problem across the across the business because I think we were much like you just said I think we were slow to get there and I think that that probably cost us a few years so if if you kind of were to look at the industrial control system threat environment, right? Um, the the things that go on there versus the things that happen in traditional uh, IT stuff. Um, compare and contrast those two. How much of the threat space is, is similar? How much of the threat space is different? Yeah, great. Again, great question. Um, a lot of it's very similar. Um, just to, to be very, you know, very blunt about the answer. Um, I think the goals that that um, potentially ICS and engineering folks have had versus the the goals that IT teams have had, though, have left us in a slightly different place. Um, maybe making it easier to attack some of those control systems. Um, one of the, you know, to, to, as soon as you ask this question, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is it, it's not necessarily the answer to your question, but it's what's on your network? What does your network look like? Um, you know, and, and so once you start to think about those questions, I think you come to the answer to, to, to what, what was your question, which is, you know, how, how are they different? Um, I, I, I fear that in the control system space, um, we, we have a few more unknowns. We may not know when that, you know, that out-of-band modem was connected, um, you know, to, for, for um, you know, purposes of maintaining availability is, is absolutely paramount in, in ICS. And so, you know, sometimes things are done to um, ensure availability and, and security isn't the top priority. So, you know, you might not know that um, a cable modem connection has been purchased by somebody to, to maintain out-of-band management or, or maybe a modem was connected to a system. Um, the overall device inventory, um, I, I have not seen the same tenacity of, of keeping device inventories that I see in, in the general um, IT, and, and IT is not great at it, but, um, you know, in, in the ICS space, I've seen a little less um, rigor around um, keeping a, a total asset inventory and, and um, you know, keeping it up to date. And, and so when you think about all those things, I think you're really fundamentally dealing with the same problems. Um, you're, you're dealing a lot with, um, you know, just, just good old TCP and, and UDP type traffic going in and out of these systems and and um, you know anything that's listening and talking could certainly be exploited but how they're positioned and, and how they're secured within your network um, 
you know, I'd like to say that, that in every situation, um, they're going to be a layer down from the rest of your corporate assets, and they're going to be another layer protected. But, um, you know, the more people I talk to in the space, and, and the more you look at things like Shodan and, and some other public tools, you start to see that there is a good variety, and there is a good bit of exposure uh, as to how control systems are deployed. And, and so, um, you know, I think we're fundamentally dealing with the same problem, but um, maybe folks that manage and maintain control systems just haven't gotten as good of a, a grip on securing it yet, or at least understanding what's in their environment and, and being able to draw an accurate picture. Yeah, and I think you hear all of these numbers about how often industrial control systems get attacked. And I think a lot of folks confuse getting attacked with scans and probes and, and just you know normal network traffic. Um, so I think some of those numbers are, are quite frankly jacked. Um, but uh, there are attacks out there, right? I mean, we've seen campaigns against industrial control. We've seen, um, you know, we certainly, I don't think we can say we've seen these attacks to like take over the utilities and shut down the nation's power supply or things like that. But we've certainly seen probes that are, that are less like the TV show 24. We've seen intellectual property theft. We've you know, we've seen malware in this space. So I, what I don't want to do is a lot of times IT security folks that are out there every day and they're fighting in the field, there's so much malware, so much phishing, so much activity that they may view industrial control system and SCADA security as kind of boring. But um, there's a lot going on in that space and I, I wouldn't want them to underestimate that. So, uh, I mean, have you seen those kinds of campaigns? You don't have to give us details, but you know, how much of that stuff's out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think anybody that's worked in in a gas, electric, or, you know, similar um, uh, utility space has seen those campaigns over the last three or four years. Um, the, the campaigns have evolved. I think anybody that works in security has probably seen malware and, um, you know, less, more automated and less automated um, approaches to trying to, uh, you know, get at that data. And, and um, it, it's certainly there. It's, it's certainly a threat. And, and uh, I agree completely. I think the one distinction is we haven't seen to date any interest in causing disruption. It's been gathering of, of knowledge. It's been, as you said, theft of intellectual property, understanding, you know, how, um, how you know, what configurations are out there and how different devices are being used, what they're being used to do. And, um, you know, that's important, though, because um, that, that attack or that um, willingness to cause disruption could, could easily come next. So there's no question. There's, there's a, it, it's an area that, that needs focus. It needs, uh, it needs more attention. I, I don't think it's getting enough today. And, and anybody that's, um, you know, addressing it probably isn't um, overcompensating in any way. They're, they're getting as much buy-in as they can, and, and they're getting as much focus and attention as they can. But um, I don't know of anybody that said that's enough, that's plenty. Um, I think uh, continued efforts to, to secure ICS are absolutely warranted. Now, do you, um, do you see yourself as sort of the Jack Bauer of industrial control security or? Not at all, not at all. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one thing you need to, these, as you said, these are very much like embedded devices, and, and um, Jack Bauer needs to be the vendor, um, if if uh, if ever there were one. Um, we need them to understand what their products do, how they can be locked down when they're deployed, 
how they can get some good advice out to the field engineers that, that are deploying them. Um, you know, even um, from a professional services sense, a lot of the vendors uh, send folks out to, you know, help deploy and configure devices and, and having sound security training, you know, come, come along with those folks, that, that would be critical. And I think that would make everyone's life uh, significantly easier. Um, if that doesn't work and that doesn't happen, I think getting that dialogue with the vendors, um, with the internal security teams uh, of the folks that deploy ICS systems and getting some very straightforward and honest feedback um, is, is extremely important. I know one thing, um, you know, working across uh, with some peers in the ICS space, a lot of people have been asking for some of the same features to, to be enabled or some of the same features to be disabled on control systems. And, and a lot of times, I won't call it any vendor in particular, but you'll hear, oh, you know, that's interesting, but, but you're the first person that's ever mentioned that. And then you go talk to five or six other people and say, well, no, you're not the first person that's ever mentioned that. They've, they've heard that before. Um, getting that honest and open dialogue, um, you know, between people that are deploying control systems and people that are building control systems is, is absolutely essential. Um, you have a lot of groups and a lot of forums for improving that. I think it's gotten better, but I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, some of the procurement language that uh, the national labs have put out is, is fantastic when, when you're buying, um, buying this stuff, getting the vendor to commit to, you know, sustaining and maintaining the security of the products. It's absolutely essential. And, and uh, there's some great information in the uh, procurement language that uh, templates that have been proposed. So you don't see yourself as Jack Bauer. What about Chloe? I mean, do you at least, you know, do you feel like I just want to imagine you in a room with an HMI, you know, and, and uh, diagrams of all the plants running and, and, you know, the utilities moving and, and you've got a Unix shell open on the other one and you're running NMAP and mapping the network. Uh, so in my mind, at least, maybe you're Chloe. I'm probably more like the guy that changes the light bulbs on their heads up display. Uh, no, I don't. I don't uh, have any particular alignment with any character. I'm, I'm sorry, Brent. Well, I, I know that's a, that's a reach. I'll tell you, my, my one complaint about 24 is that it clearly was never written by anyone who's worked an incident before because uh, they go for all 24 hours full steam ahead. And I've seen, uh, I've literally been like nine, 10 hours into an incident, look over and see the person who's supposed to be keeping notes passed out on the table with their head, you know, completely asleep, drooling on the tabletop. Um, so they, they clearly just didn't write that part in. It's just not exciting enough. Um, but it may not be 24, you know, it, it may not be 20 of 24, the TV show, but there is plenty of excitement in ICS security and in the day to day. What, um, describe for us, I mean, what's an average day like in industrial control system and SCADA security? Well, I, you know, I, I think, um, to, to answer your previous question, I, I at the mention of 24, I'm always happy when an incident only runs 24 hours. So I thought they, I thought they crafted, crafted it uh, on the easier side. Um, and, and now to answer this question, I, you know, there is no, um, there is no average day. I think there, every day there are some things that you should do every day, um, and and you know, hopefully that can always be part of your day. But um, you know, first of all, keeping abreast of of any new vulnerabilities. Um, sharing those vulnerabilities and, and being sure that they're tracked and addressed, uh, you know, that, that's a, a daily thing. And, and um, you know, I'll share my experience with, with um, you know, one utility I worked with in particular, um, just knowing the relevance of, of a lot of the alerts that are coming out, you know, 
uh, a lot of the work is, hey, do we have this product anywhere in the environment? And sometimes that takes checking in with, you know, 10 or 15 people to be sure that you don't have that exposure. Or if you do to, to talk about, you know, what patch uh, level or revision, code revision you're at. So, you know, it's um, keeping abreast of the vulnerabilities, um, analyzing your logs. Um, none of these are going to be terribly exciting. And I think you would have someone asleep uh, after about eight hours. But, um, you know, analysis of your logs, hopefully, you know, you've got some, some SIM type data aggregation going on in your environment. Hopefully you have visibility down a few layers to see what's going on externally and internally. But, you know, going through all those events and all those alerts um, and letting the logic that you have coded there do its, you know, do its magic and, and alert you when there's a problem is great. But you have to go beyond that and you have to do initial, some, some additional analysis. I can't believe it's already been almost 45 minutes we've been talking and uh, we're coming up on time, but uh, I can see the, the uh, listeners won't be able to, but I can see in the background, you're building a little lab there. Uh, you've got some technology coming and going. Tell us uh, a little bit about what you're working on now. What's the, what's the center of uh, sort of your attention uh, these days? Boy, the center of my attention these days, uh, you know, it's staying up on on security. Um, it's staying up on uh, different uh, different topics in in the infosec space. Um, you can't really spend a day where you're not doing that. Um, I think it's it's very important for for any you know any infosec person to you know stay focused on their company and what's going on, but but also you know take some time to stay focused outside of that. Um, you know, read up on what's current. Um, Thanks to uh, thanks to you turning turning me on to it. Uh, if this, then that has been a, a huge uh, uh, both. I, I spent a lot of time, but I've gotten a lot of value out of it. And and I think that um, you know it's a website that uh, basically helps you write uh, recipes or, or code for for doing things a little more efficiently. And and I think integrating some of that into uh, just the the information sources that I utilize and and. Um, the uh, all the different uh, goodies that are out there to keep you abreast of InfoSec has, has been very helpful. So I've been spending a lot of time on uh, if this, then that. Now, you, I'm going to call you out here because you also have been spending a lot of time uh, doing home automation stuff, right? I, I know that you were playing with uh, some electronic bits and you've been uh, doing some automation with uh, if this, then that. But um, I know one of your goals has been sort of to, to play with home automation and build your own little uh, miniature industrial control network. Uh, how's that research coming? Well, it's, it's coming along very well. Um, the problem is, is, is the, uh, the topic in question, it's not, um, it's not for safety systems. It's not for gas in a pipeline or, or uh, any water systems. It's actually to control kids. And um, it's, it's coming along very well, but uh, unfortunately, all those other things behave a little more reliably than, uh, than three kids. And so uh, I've learned a lot, um, but uh, as simple as motion sensors or noise detection, uh, very helpful in going to bed at night. And uh, so I spent a lot of time uh, working on those. And uh, as, as sure as I've learned that uh, one works well, the kids will defeat it, and uh, I'll be on to the next one the next day. Yeah, there is no better penetration tester than a three-year-old with a hammer. That is so true. <laughs> so, uh, first off, thank you so much for hanging out with us and, and being so generous with your time. I, I know how busy you are, and 
I know that you've got a lot going on in your life. Uh, and I just really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and the listeners. If folks want to talk to you more, if they've got questions or, or maybe they've got some research that, uh, you know, they'd like to throw by you or, or maybe an opportunity, uh, you know, for you, where can they get a hold of you? How can they find you online and, and, you know, sort of how can they engage with you? LinkedIn works the best. I, I always uh, appreciate a, a shout from LinkedIn and uh, always, always quick to reply. Excellent. And uh, what about those other social media networks? Are, are, you, a, are you a tweeter or, or an Instagrammer or any of that stuff? I'm in read-only mode on all of the uh, previously mentioned uh, other social media sites. I, I, I love to read them, but uh, don't not really a contributor. Awesome. So LinkedIn it is, and that's uh, Josh Anderson. Uh, anything funky about your name there? Jo- just Josh Anderson. That is me. All right. That's awesome. Josh, thank you so much for t- for hanging out with us. Security peeps, uh, this has been a fun one. I appreciate your time and patience. Uh, we'll have Josh back again next time, and we'll talk a little bit more about deeper protocols and some of the deeper technical issues in industrial control if you guys are are interested. As always, feel free to reach out to statussecurity.com via the blog. You can let us know what you think of this podcast. Uh, You can subscribe on iTunes. And of course, you can always reach out and and hit us on Twitter. Uh, I am on Twitter in the full-on mode there, uh, not just uh, read-only like Mr. Anderson. Uh, but I am at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N. That's L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N, L-B Houston. And uh, Josh, thanks for hanging out with us. Listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, stay safe out there. Hey there, security peeps. This is Brent Houston from Microsoft Inc. and stateofsecurity.com. I wanted to say thank you very much for spending time with us and thanks for listening to this month's episode. If you'd like to learn more about Microsolved Inc., you can do so on the web. We are at microsolved.com. That's M-I-C-R-O-S-O-L-V-E-D.com or stateofsecurity.com if you'd like to check out our blog. You can also reach out anytime and talk to me on Twitter. I'm at L-B-H-U-S-T-O-N and I would love to hear from you. Microsoft is, of course, the sponsor of this podcast, and uh, they have a wide variety of security services from pen testing to application security to policy and process consulting, risk assessment, and a bunch of deeply technical uh, work all the way down to the circuit level of testing devices. So over 20 years experience, if you're interested in security services, please check us out and uh, we'd love to talk to you. Again, that's microsolved.com, M-I-C-R-O-S-O-L-V-E-D. Until next time, thanks for checking us out on the statussecurity.com podcast. And as always, stay safe out there. <music>